Hey, everybody, this is Laura from Curiosity. And just a reminder to those of you listening on our website that Curiosity is also a podcast. So if you'd like to subscribe, then just search for C-U-R-I-O-S-I-D in your favorite podcasting app. All right, let's get to the show. I'm Laura Herberg, and this is Curiosity, where listeners ask questions about Detroit and the region. Brighton resident Nick Brown has been craving an answer to this question. So there's similar slider joints around Metro Detroit that all have a similar building, right? It's all white on the outside. There's a counter with just a few seats. It's pretty small on the inside, but they all have different names. So how are they all related? I'll let WDET's Russ McNamara take it from here. Nick's talking about places like Bray's, Hunter House, Elmer's. You've probably driven by, if not eaten at one of the 15 or so white porcelain steel-sided restaurants in Metro Detroit. They all sell sliders. And so in order to answer Nick's question, our first order of business is to define what makes a hamburger a slider. Here's America's preeminent burger expert, George Motes. If you take a one and a half ounce ball of beef and press some onions into the beef and cook it and serve it on a small bun, that's a slider. <laughs> Nothing else is a slider. Nothing else. Okay, but how did these little burgers end up everywhere? In the early 20th century, muckraker Upton Sinclair exposed the gross, unsanitary conditions of the Chicago meatpacking industry. That led to reforms. Even so, hamburgers were a go-to food of the proletariat. Workers kept eating it because it was inexpensive. They could walk out of a factory and there was a guy you know, selling hamburgers from a cart right outside the door. It was quick sustenance, basically, for the, for, the, for the backbone of the working class of America. Still, the hamburger fell out of favor for a little while until American innovation hit the heartland. One uh, hamburger joint changed uh, and basically saved the hamburger in America. It was White Castle. White Castle. The original Wichita, Kansas restaurant set the template in 1921. A white fortress-style or Art Deco building, stainless steel on the inside, and of course, the iconic sliders. Moat says the idea was to make eating sliders at least seem sanitary. So White Castle actually invented a paper cap so they could dispose of this thing, put a new one on right away if it got dirty. So looking clean basically saved the hamburger. Following White Castle's success, there were dozens of imitators, many sued out of existence. One that survived for a while was White Tower. The chain was able to grow to over 230 locations, with many in Metro Detroit. Independent joints popped up in the area, too, mostly during the post-World War II boom. And that's where many of the spots that inspired Nick's question came from. We're sitting at one now, Greens on Orchard Lake Road in Farmington. The dining area is basically just a Formica countertop facing the kitchen, and there's a stainless steel counter along the windows. Nick takes a bite of a slider. Hitting the spot first thing in the morning, this is breakfast. <laughs> this will be the first of many sliders for us today. In order to more fully understand the answers to Nick's question, we've set out with pockets full of cash and the goal of going to as many slider spots as our appetites will allow. Next, we hit the road for the short trip to Bates in Livonia. It's been around since 1959 and looks like greens, only smaller. Standing directly in front of the door in the packed restaurant, I bump into Pat Polzin, who's in grabbing sliders with a buddy. Some days, Polzin says Bates can serve his meals before and after the bar. Yeah, this is a two-stop. You don't, you don't just stop here once, this is double. Stop on the way and on the way back. As for the slider at Bates, listener Nick weighs in. I think, yeah, I think I like this one a little bit better than Greens. We wouldn't tell Greens that. 
Chains used to dominate the slatter landscape, the aforementioned White Tower, the now-defunct Top Hat, and Carter's, which had over a dozen locations in Metro Detroit. It started in 1948. The location at Southfield and Outer Drive is the only one left. Inside, three women are wrapping up 20 sliders to go. The trio have over a century of burger-making experience between them. Women knows what they're doing. That's Carter's employee, Pat Underwood. She hops over to the griddle to tend to some all-beef sliders in full view of patrons sitting at the counter. Emphasis on all-beef. Absolutely. Ain't no shit in there. Are, are you throwing some shade on some other burgers that like other people are putting other stuff other than meat in their burgers? Well, I, not to me to say, but I don't like that old soy burger. You would catch me eating at McDonald's. <laughs> Even though Underwoods worked at Carter's for 55 years, she has no plans to retire. I've been here so long, I don't know what else to do. Nick and I want to stay, but with a few stops in, a few sliders in, we have to keep moving. We head to the Tellway on Michigan Avenue in Detroit. It's been around since 1944. We decide to get a pick-me-up. Coffee is hot as hell. Yes, the, the sign says best coffee in town. It's 100% the hottest coffee in town. Yeah, the cup says you can't do better. I don't think it can go much hotter without it, it boiling. Boiling or the cup spontaneously going into flames. Of course, we don't only order coffee. The carryout sliders are good, small, greasy, and purchased through bulletproof glass. Despite the caffeine boost, it's raining and we are running out of steam. We decide on one last stop, Elmer's at Oakman and West Chicago in Detroit. There's a big black and white sign that matches the motif of this and so many other slider joints. Waiting in line to order a chat with Angela Knox. She says Elmer's has been a big part of the community going back to 1957. They've been in the neighborhood, in the Detroit neighborhood, for multiple years. And I've been coming here for, oh my goodness, probably as long as they've been open. <laughs> Sadly, disaster strikes our slider tour. Elmer's runs out of beef and we are turned away. Nick stays optimistic. Well, even though we didn't get the burgers, it's actually not too bad out now. Maybe it's just because we had that, that hot coffee. I'm kind of just digging, hanging out here in the parking lot. Our full tour dreams were dashed, but we finished the day with our hearts and stomachs full. The longevity and popularity of the area's white-clad burger joints is testament to Detroit's slider passion, a love rekindled one see-through paper sack at a time. That was WDET's Russ McNamara. Coming up, Russ is going to tell me about some of the things that happened on the slider tour that didn't make the cut. That's after this short break. Hey, we're back. And as promised, Russ McNamara is joining me now in the studio. Hey, Russ. Hey, Laura Herberg. Okay, so in a short feature, there's always going to be some people who are left out or some interesting ideas that don't make the cut. Russ, what are some of the things that you came across in your slider tour? Well, one of the bigger themes that I noticed in here was how slider joints have adapted over the past couple of years. Uh, Telway, Sonny's, Elmer's, and others have closed off the small dining rooms quite a bit. Others like Greens and Farmington have cut back on hours after having been 24 hours for most of their existence. Candace Dulka cooks and runs the counter at Greens. She says there's another reason why they've cut back on those hours, though. We're a predominantly female staff. I mean, we're an all-female staff right now, so it's just kind of keep everybody safe and not have to worry about what kind of people you would get in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine the kind of people that she's met late at night. It's a veritable cornucopia of folks that come in and out of there, but... 
Candace says that most of the interactions with people that come into Greens are pretty good. You get all walks of life in here, which is another really cool part about working here is you get, you know, from the CEOs to the janitors. And like I said, just generations of families that have been coming here for the over the 60 years that we've been open. And so it's, it's just really neat to see all the different people and all the different stories. Yeah, not everyone we ran into had a story they wanted to tell. Others were definitely more outgoing. We documented the ladies at Carter's in Dearborn Heights, but listener Nick and I bumped into a guy that called himself Pookie. 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 Uh, I'm going to assume that he's like a Brazilian soccer star, and that serves as both his first and last name. Uh, or like Madonna or something. Or like Madonna. Exactly. Beyonce. Yes. Exactly. So he was the Beyonce of Dearborn Heights slash Allen Park. He was there with a friend, and they were collecting a sack of 20 sliders to take to the bar. Came to get burgers to go to the bar and feed everybody a couple burgers. Even though they have food there, we like our pocket burgers, and they allow us to do that, which is really good. Yeah, shout out to the folks at Three Nicks Scoreboard in Allen Park, which is where Pookie and co are heading. They invited us to go with us to have some sliders and a drink, uh, which Pookie said he would buy us. But we had to keep moving in the slider tour. Wow, that's that's good to know about uh, Three Nicks Scoreboard in Allen Park. Um, but Rose, what was it like inside all these different slider joints? Like, can you describe the atmosphere to me? Oh, it was loud. It, it, it was loud. I mean, you, you smell the sliders, of course, and there was always people talking. Plus the sound of the HVAC system, like that constant hum in the mm. background. You can hear on all the tape and every single place we went to, they had a slightly different frequency hum. Oh, it's it, great for radio editing. It's great for radio editing. Exactly. Uh, plus the, the sizzle and then the cashier yelling out random names when people's orders were ready. Cute. It was kind of chaotic, but despite that chaos, uh, there was an overwhelming feeling in these places, especially the ones where you could hang out and eat inside that people really wanted to be there. Aww. Yeah, it was it was really quite nice. Pat Polson at Bates and Livonia had been eating there for decades, and he says that the good food and the good vibes keep bringing him and others back. Yeah, yeah. There's people come from out of state and everywhere. You keep coming here. It's a place we don't want to close. These are memories and, and a lot of good times, yeah. And Russ, in the feature, you talked about the ways these slider joints are similar but what were some of the ways that they were different? Yeah, they had their own quirks uh, at Bates. I found out there's an ordinance prohibiting eating in cars. There's a big sign facing the tiny parking lot reminding you. I wasn't able to find out why that rule is in place. It could just be because they want people moving in and out of the parking lot because it's not a big parking lot. Or it could just be Livonia reasons. Hmm. Who knows? Uh, still, eating in your car is preferred, however— at Sunny's, where they announce your order is ready over a loudspeaker, every place does things just a little bit differently. Even the burgers, where you can customize just a little bit, like Angela Knox at Elmer's. A slider, extra pickle, extra onion. <laughs> Angela was great. Uh, I asked her what she was going to order. She was just like, are you insane? Yeah, she was it like, you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face, it was it was priceless. Uh, she was having a very great day uh, stopping in to get a burger, and uh, apparently it's a slider, extra pickle, extra onion every time. All right, good to know. <laughs> okay, Russ, so any regrets from the slider tour? We didn't get to try the sliders at Elmer's, uh, plus time and stomach constraints made going to more stops a little bit untenable, uh, though— I will be hitting up Braves in Hazel Park, Hunter House in Birmingham, and the Madison Heights version of Telway like I normally do anyway. 
probably soon. Okay, so this was just another day in the life for you. You just brought the mic around this time. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thanks again for uh, taking one for the team and uh, stopping by all these places for for the love of public radio and curiosity. We appreciate it. You got to come with me next time. Oh, I will. You've been listening to Curiosity, a production of 1019 WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station. We are a nonprofit public radio station that runs primarily off listener donations. I'm Laura Herberg, the executive producer and editor of this show. The question that fueled this episode was a super popular one. Three people asked it. That's like a curiosity record. Not only did Nick Brown of Brighton ask it, but so did Tim Colleen of Detroit and Brent Kloss of Warren. Unfortunately, Tim wasn't able to go on the slider tour, and Brent's question came in after Russ started reporting the story. But thank you to all three of you for asking your question, and thanks to Russ McNamara for answering it. Mastering for this episode was done by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Will Sessions. Thanks to WDET podcast manager David Lyons for production support. WDET's digital team is Dave Kim, Jenny Sherman, and Sophia Joswiak. Curiosity is driven by your questions. If there's something that you're curious about related to Detroit, please ask about it at wdet.org curious, and you might have it answered in a future episode.